Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Cause your people are my people. Your people are mine. Your people are my people. Your divine, my divine. I first heard this song at a gathering of UU ministers sometime this past spring. Reverend Marta Valentin sang it, accompanied only by an egg shaker to keep the beat. She got all of the ministers in the room singing along pretty quickly and enthusiastically. I remember thinking, how cool, somebody set my favorite text from the Book of Ruth to music. I thought about it in its context that day. A room full of ministers vowing companionship to each other. That my people are their people. That we're all in it together. I loved it. This song has made its way through lots of other communities throughout this year, including in gatherings of Unitarian Universalists of color. Of color. In May, Arlington Street's own ministerial intern, Beth Robbins, had us sing this to her at her ordination. I thought about the context of Reverend Beth heading out into the world to offer her ministry, not knowing yet exactly where and how she would serve in this room full of her congregants, colleagues, family, and friends, we were vowing that wherever she might go, we'd be with her. I loved it. And then the following week, in the choir rehearsal before the service, Mark David told us in the choir that, where you go, I will go, beloved, was our new choral benediction, that we would sing it to close out every Sunday service. The choir sang it at the end of the service with the congregation, you all, joining in. Instead of seeing the context of that day, I thought of the context that I had grown up with in Judaism. And I was theologically puzzled. I honest to goodness thought, huh, is this entire congregation converting to Judaism in this moment? Allow me to explain. In Judaism, this verse is most famously connected with conversion. To understand that, we need to tell the story of Ruth and Naomi, which is great because it's beautiful. Here goes the beginning of the biblical book of Ruth. There was a famine 
in the land of Judah. Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and their two sons migrated to the land of Moab. Elimelech died, and Naomi's two sons married Moabite women, one named Orpah and one named Ruth. And they lived there for 10 full years. Then Naomi's two sons also died, leaving her without her husband and without her sons. Naomi prepared to leave Moab and return to her home country as she had heard that the famine had ended during those 10 years. Accompanied by her two daughters-in-law, Naomi left the place where they had been living and headed back towards Judah. But Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, turn back, both of you. You should each return to your mother's houses. May God treat you kindly as you have been kind to me and my sons. May you find security and kindness. And she kissed them farewell. The women broke into weeping and said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. Now, to understand Naomi's response, we have to remember that in this society, a woman's status, safety, and stability were based upon having a husband. So Naomi replied, turn back, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I any more sons in my body who might be husbands for you? Turn back, my daughters, for I am too old to be married. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I were married tonight and I also bore sons, should you wait for them to grow up? Would you remain unmarried waiting? Oh no, my daughters. My lot is far more bitter than yours. God's hand has struck out against me. They broke out into weeping again, and Orpah did as she was told and kissed her mother-in-law farewell. But Ruth clung to her. So Naomi said, see, your sister-in-law has returned to her people and her gods. Go, follow your sister-in-law. But Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you, to turn back and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. Where you dwell, I will dwell. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. When Naomi saw how determined Ruth was to go with her, she stopped arguing, and the two went on their way until they reached Bethlehem. I was talking about this with a UU preacher friend a few weeks ago, about how Ruth's beautiful vow to her mother-in-law is understood as the first conversion to Judaism about how my association with that verse of where you go, I will go, is that moment of declaration, of casting your lot in with the Jewish people. And how I felt confused by what it meant for our congregation here at Arlington Street Church to sing this as our closing song each week. Yeah, my friend said, 
I use this song a lot when I lead worship, and I never explain it or give the biblical context from the book of Ruth. I can't figure out how I'd frame it in a UU context, so I don't. I mean, that's fair. But each time we sing it, I get a little bit closer to seeing what it could mean for us. And I think it has everything to do with casting our lots in with each other. Emma Merchant is a UU youth from Central Ohio, who in fact was here visiting us last Sunday. I got to meet her, she's great. And she wrote this beautiful reflection. Here, although she's writing about her own congregation, she offers us a way to see what choosing each other can mean. She writes, I've never been particularly attached to the idea of family. Do you know the Swiss family Robinson? It's the story of how a family worked together and survived. It never reached beyond a story for me. It never occurred to me that some people actually felt this way toward their bloodline, that the lineage was sacred. To me, it always seemed like blood could be spilled. I have always felt that when people identify family as something important and universal, what they're truly addressing is unconditional love. She goes on that this is not to say that I hate the idea of family, but I have always been more enchanted by the idea of chosen family. The thought that we are each making a choice to be here in this family, in this community, is powerful. We have actively chosen to come and be here. I'm not stuck with you because you're my cousin and I'm not allowed to be rude. I could leave if I wanted to, but I don't because of the way that we have nurtured this community. I choose to be stuck with you, for better or for worse. And we have continuously made this choice over and over again. Every time we attend worship, every time we donate our time and energy, Every time we clasp hands in meditation is a promise. I am here for you. The DNA of this community may be metaphorical, but it exists within me. As a lifelong UU, the words covenant and right relation are second nature to me, placed on my tongue almost since birth, but they are words that I have chosen to bring into life in this church. My heart beats with the blood of this congregation pounding out, I choose you. I am here. This is a safe space, a place of learning, a place of compassion, a space created by the very idea of love. We choose to build a sanctuary because we choose to be together. There is no use for a church full of people who hate each other or a church of ghosts. We make the choice to stay stuck together even when we don't even want to be in the same room with each other. But we always come back to the table 
because we choose to be together. Through thick and thin, we have chosen love, and in hard times, struggling times, times that we face every day, we come together even closer. We make the choice to listen to each other. We make the choice to pick each other up. And we make the choice to love each other. We have built this community with our commitment to that love. Emma concludes, we all have many different reasons for being here, but I like to think that there's one common reason underlying it all, love. Over everything else, we are here because we are people who choose love. We do not have a shared bloodline, but we have a deep, unconditional love that runs through us all. We choose that love. We choose each other. Our hearts echo, I choose you. I am here. I am here. I am here. When Ruth chose to stay with Naomi, she wasn't choosing an easy or a certain path. She was choosing to stay stuck together with a broken-hearted, grieving refugee. The song is an invitation for us to do the same. A few weeks ago, Reverend Beth introduced this song at now Reverend Erica Rose Long's ordination. Beth described it as a folk song about radical compassion and love. Written by Shoshana Jedwab, a Jewish musician and educator hailing from a family of rabbis and community leaders. We sang it that day to acknowledge the many ways that we are divided and to recommit ourselves to the vision of a beloved community. My friends, it is even more powerful than that. Shoshana Jedwab is the daughter of Holocaust survivors. She was raised with an acute understanding of the importance of providing safe haven to people fleeing from violence and discrimination. She wrote, where you go, I will go, beloved, for Jewish ritual use, but she quickly brought it out to the streets as an anthem for the resistance. The song was officially released this past winter on the one-year anniversary of our government's Muslim travel ban. Shoshana's version differs a little bit in melody and lyrics from the version that we sing here, but what's more, there are extra verses. <laughs> I have no idea. If you find her original version on YouTube, you can hear that it goes on. Where you go, I will go, refugee. Where you go, I will go. And your people are my people. Where you go, Mother Earth, where you go, children, it's designed to adapt to the needs of the moment. This is a story and a song about individual commitment and relationship, yes. And it's also about casting our lot in with each other. 
It's the idea that none of us are free until all of us are free. Or as Reverend Teresa Inez Soto puts it, all of us need all of us to make it. These are times that call for us to act. These are times that call for us to cast our lot in with each other from all of the places that we are privileged and from all of the places we are oppressed and disempowered. These are times that call for us to remember what Gwendolyn Brooks said that Kim quotes so often, we are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. We are each other's magnitude and bond. I close offering these words from the poet Marge Piercy and her call to know who we mean when we say all of us. What can they do to you? Whatever they want. They can set you up. They can bust you. They can break your fingers, burn your brain with electricity, blur you with drugs till you can't walk, can't remember. They can take away your children, wall up your lover. They can do anything you can't stop them doing. How can you stop them? Alone, you can fight. You can refuse. You can take whatever revenge you can, but they roll over you. But two people fighting back to back can cut through a mob. A snake dancing file can break down a cordon. Two people are a delegation, a committee, a wedge. Two people can keep each other sane, can give support, conviction, love, hope. Three people are a delegation, a committee, a wedge. With four, you can play bridge and start an organization. With six, you can rent a whole house, have pie for dinner with no seconds, and hold a fundraising party. A dozen make a demonstration. A hundred fill a hall. A thousand have solidarity and your own newsletter. Ten thousand power and your own paper, 100,000 your own media, 10 million your own country. It goes on one at a time. It starts when you care to act. It starts when you do it again after they said no. It starts when you say we and know who you mean. And each day, you mean one more. My beloveds, while there is surely still more to puzzle out about what your divine, my divine, means in our non-credal, very wide UU theological spectrum, that can be somebody else's sermon, I do know this to be true. Your people are my people. I choose you because all of us need all of us to make it. We are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. 
We are each other's magnitude and bond. Let's cast our lots in with each other again and again. It goes on one at a time. It starts when we care to act. It starts when we do it again after they say no. It starts when we say we and know who we mean. And each day, we mean one more. So may it be. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.